0: This project is supported by a charitable donation from Pfizer Limited.
1: Hello, I'm Victoria Derbyshire. I was 46 years old and getting on with my happy life. I didn't feel as though I had a care in the world. And then came breast cancer. This podcast brought to you by the Future Dreams Breast Cancer Charity is for those of you who've experienced a moment like that. And everyone in your life that's affected too. Your family, your friends, your work colleagues, the people who are caring for you, who hold you close, the people you lean on. It's a podcast for that moment and for what happens next. This episode is called Breast Cancer and What to Look Out for. What are those first signs or symptoms? I have two women who are going to talk about how they discovered something wasn't quite right. And later, we'll be joined by a clinical nurse specialist who can talk us through what we should be looking out for when we check ourselves. And also, we're going to be joined by my campmate and friend from the castle in our Celebrity, former EastEnders actor, Jessica Plummer. Hello, ladies. Hello, Hi, Victoria. Victoria. Hi, how are you? Not too bad,
2: thank you. Well thank you. Now do introduce yourselves Merlene off you go. I was diagnosed with um, breast cancer at the age of 47. That was 13 years ago and currently I am at stage four. Um, It's not curable it came back again Um, but it's it's treatable and it's been managed. Thank you.
3: Hi Amanda. Hi, my name's Amanda. Um, I've recently turned 50. Seven years ago, when I was 42 years old, I was diagnosed with breast cancer. I'm a mum of twin boys, they're 19 now, and I'm happily married to my second husband.
1: Congratulations. I feel I should Thank say you. at that point. <laughs> now, let me out, welcome both of you. Um, it's really good to have you on this podcast to talk about the kind of things that we should be looking out for. Before we get to that, though, before breast cancer, what was your regime like? Merlin? did you ever check yourself? Did you do it regularly? Did you not? How high up your priority list was checking for signs of breast cancer?
2: Well, if I'm honest, I I did check, but not on a regular basis, as and when I remembered um, I check. So, what would that be? Every couple of months, six months, once a year? I, to be honest, I'd say um, maybe every three, four months, and um, I'd get a reminder to have a, a, a breast screening, um, and, and then and then check again. Um, but that was my regime. Right. And um, what about you, Amanda?
3: Um, I
2: did regularly
3: check myself. I was looking for. Uh, a lemon pip or a little stone and that was the hang on a minute you was, don't mean literally a lemon
1: pip or a little stone you mean something <laughs> that that kind of size like, yeah yeah
3: yeah something like that and i was you know checking myself i'd say probably once a month um and you know just feeling around to make sure that there wasn't any little lumps or bumps in there hmm. And why did you check? How?
1: Who, who told you you need to check? Why was it in your head at all?
3: It was in my head because um, when I was a bit younger, I'd had a little, um, I felt a little lump and it was a, a harmless cyst. So I think I was always aware of my breasts and um, I, I checked, but I was unaware of the signs and symptoms of breast cancer. All I was looking for was a little lump or a bump. Mm. And I did do that. I did check myself once a month. Okay, well, that's really good. Merlene,
1: you were sort of every few months. Why, why did you check at all? How, was it, how were you aware of
2: that you should do that? Um, I knew it should be a regular um, regime, um, as in once a month, just before or just after a period. Um, but it, it never... I, I, was, I suppose I was so preoccupied that um, I, it never um, occurred to me to check more mm. regularly. Um, what made me remember things I'd see on the TV, um pictures, um you know just general things in life mm. that would bring it to my attention that I need to check. Um and it was just finding that moment, um that quiet moment to check before forgetting.
1: <laughs> so I never ever checked myself ever. And in my job, I gosh over the last 20 odd years I must have interviewed Uh, scores and scores of people who'd had breast cancer, women and men. And so it was definitely in my consciousness, but I never, ever checked myself. I don't know why. Maybe, Maybe it's because I didn't want to find anything. Maybe it's because I was too busy. Maybe I thought I was invincible. Certainly there's no history of it in my family. So I thought maybe this is not for me. So I'm probably like lots and lots of women. Amanda, what did you first spot then?
3: I had been feeling for quite, quite a while. Um, uh, uh, I call it a fatty mass, a a muscly feeling just above my left breast. And I didn't really take much notice of it, but my hand kept going there and I noticed it seemed to be getting bigger.
1: And so how, how, when you say a fatty mass and it's getting bigger, Mm. how, how big are you, How big at this stage?
3: It was a substantial lump that um, it would protrude out when I was lying down Hmm. above my left breast. I didn't think it was anything to worry about at the time. Um, What happened was we'd been on holiday. It was the summer holidays. And I think I was off the treadmill of life, working, you know, running around, running the home. And I was lying down by the pool and I kept noticing it really kind of sticking up. And I kept it to myself, didn't mention it to anybody. And on our return home, I had to take one of my sons to the doctor, routine GP appointment for his hay fever medication. And I said to her, while I'm here, can I just run something by you that I've been noticing? Can I just show you something? So she actually had five minutes spare, luckily. And she told my son to wait outside. And um, she asked me to remove her clothing and raise my arms. And when I did that, I noticed the whole of my left breast changed shape, my nipple inverted. And I think that was probably the moment that my breast cancer journey began. I looked at her face and she said, we need to get you referred. She said, I need to fast track refer you to get this investigated. Mm. And I remember, you know, feeling very very worried at that point but that was the that was the first time I had been worried and as I said I was just there for an appointment with my son I hadn't made an appointment myself
1: wow so you were yeah you were barely going to mention it and then you thought just as you're leaving yeah oh by the way just yeah Merlene what about yourself what did you first notice
2: well, I was, um, I'd taken my bra off um, and I noticed that there was blood stain, a very, very tiny um, drop of blood. Um, normally I would have dark coloured bras. So, how long this had been going on, I don't know. But um, I noticed this and um, I didn't think too much about it because I did a, jet, a visual check. And um, there was no obvious signs of where that could have been coming from. So um, I was was very unsure. A few weeks later, I was having a bath, laying back, and I happened to notice a trickle of blood from from my right nipple. And that's when I thought, yes, that's where it's it's, um, coming from. And, and what did you think I, was going on? To be honest with you, um, I take things as it comes. I didn't want to think too far ahead, and at the same time, I knew I needed to do something about it. I need to, you know. The, the first thing I did was Google. Ah. Google, you know. Was that helpful? Uh, yes, because every for me, um, everything that came up, they, um, they 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 kept stressing. See the GP. Um made a phone call the following day. I was told, you know, no appointments for the next two weeks. And I said, I couldn't wait that long and explain the urgency of it. Um, and they said, that, sorry, there's nobody, uh, you know, that you can see before that time. So I said, well, can I, is there anybody? Can I see a nurse? And I was able to see somebody or that nurse um, a few days later. So that's how I um, was fast-tracked, if you like, um, to seeing the GP. And within days, I got an appointment to see the consultant. Um, and um, he examined me and said to me, um, I want to send you to have a mammogram. And he said, there is nothing sinister on the on the on the X-ray. But he says, I know there's something going on, because he'd actually seen the discharge as well. So I was sent to have um, an ultrasound scan and uh, I was told that there was a, um, a blockage in the milk duct. Um, so basically the, the milk duct was removed and they found high grade precancerous cells. Then I was told I would need to have another operation to remove some of the tissue behind the nipple to see if it had spread and um, as a result of that, and it obviously spread throughout the tissue and they said they could, have, they could, you know, do one or two things, keep cutting away or just, you know, give me a full mastectomy. So that's when um, I was told I needed to have um, a, a mastectomy and the journey, my journey Googling began. Googling it and you said that was a help. Um, Amanda, yeah.
1: did you Google it and was it a help or a hindrance?
3: Um, no, I was fast-tracked. And- this I saw the GP on the Wednesday and on the Friday I went to a one-stop breast clinic and um, I first of all I saw the consultant and he talked me through and said we're going to send you upstairs for a mammogram and a scan and then I'll see you back down here and I still think at that point I thought oh you know it's it's it maybe it's just you know some fatty tissue or something you know and I'll just get some reassurance but I'm really pleased I'm here and I remember the, uh, laying down on the table, um, having the scan, and um, the lovely radiologist said to me, "I, it's so big. I'm, I'm not going to let you wait for a diagnosis. I'm going to put you out of your misery. You have breast cancer." And I just remember going into shock. And she said, "It's so big. I've got such a clear view of it." She said, I, "I'm, you know, I'm under no illusion what we're looking at." She said, "But we need to do some biopsies on you." Um, just to see what what type of cancer and where we are with this and I just remember literally going into shock shaking you know my whole body and they asked me if there was someone there with me and I said yes my mum and my mum came in and um, I remember them giving me some water I was I was totally totally shocked and I also was very needle phobic still am and I was You know, frightened all of a sudden, I had this big needle coming towards me, um, taking biopsies. And I just remember being at a feeling of total disbelief, um, shock. And yeah, just, but I had no choice, you know. But part
1: part shock because you never think it's going to happen to you, and shock because the lump that you had found was above your breast. It was almost in your chest. I mean, is that part of the reason why you thought, well, it can't be breast cancer because it's above the
3: breast? That's exactly right you've hit the nail on the head i thought it, I'm, it must be fine it's not in my breast mm. and like i said i did check myself i i always assumed that it was going to be something like a little lemon pip or a stone that i was looking for that that you know that i hopefully would never find mm. um and i think yeah that was part of the shock also i i thought i'm i'm young i'm i was 42 and um, then I remember going back downstairs to see the consultant, and he confirmed the diagnosis. And he said, "We'll see you back here in a week with with the results." And he said to me, in answer to your question about googling, "Do not go home and Google." Mm. He said, "You've had enough to take in today. You've had enough of a shock. Any questions you have, write them down and ask me next week when I see you again." And that was it one of the best pieces
1: I've had sorry Amanda I was just going to say two of the best pieces of of advice I had in the early days was from a really good friend of mine and her husband actually she'd been through breast cancer several years previously she said when it comes to googling don't what you need to do is select one reputable website, so a Future Dreams website or Macmillan Cancer, and just use that. Don't do a general search because all sorts of horrific stuff will Mm. come up. And the second bit of brilliant advice was whenever you go for an appointment, take someone with you and make sure they write notes because there's so much information, it's overwhelming and you just can't take it all in. And human nature is to only take the negative stuff and that could also be positive stuff, but for some reason you filter that out and you just think, okay, I'm going to die, this is it. Um, so those are the two best bits of advice I had. So, in terms of first signs, Marlene, you're you talking about blood from your nipples? Yeah. Um you said you didn't know how long that had been going on for. Is that no. something that you reflect on?
2: Absolutely, because um I reflect on it, but at the same time it's it's I can't undo what's been done, so there's no point in worrying about how long it's been going on. The fact is this is, this is diagnosis, I have, this is what I've got to deal with, let's focus on the future, I can't change the past. That's um, true, but can, do, you, do you know, Merlene, how
1: long you left it? Have you got any idea?
2: That, that is the thing. I could drive myself, you know, mad thinking about how long has this been going on, you know. I know when, um, looking back, when, when I was breastfeeding my, my, my first daughter, I had difficulty in breastfeeding. So, I question is was that part of you know what was happening inside me um because I've also learned that some some cancers take years to grow and develop before they even show up on a mammogram. So, these are the things um I think about but at the same time try not to beat myself up about it because you know you can you can drive yourself insane. Absolutely. Um Ama- yeah. Amanda, do you
1: know how long you'd left that lump on the top of your chest before you mentioned it to the doctor that day?
3: No, I was told um, at diagnosis that, that it was a, a, a sizeable lump. It was eight centimetres and it'd been growing underneath um, the fat, so what I was feeling was everything being pushed up, so the actual lump was underneath, so as the lump got bigger, it pushed everything else up, mm. and that's why I started feeling this fatty mass above my breast that I assumed was a fatty mass or a muscle I had no i didn't have the knowledge that I have now about the signs and symptoms of breast cancer, and i didn't relate it to anything untoward going on, but I had noticed it. Any idea how long you'd left it for? Um, the size of the lump; uh, it was slow growing, and pr- probably I probably would I probably felt it for getting on for maybe six months to a year. Um, it's something that I struggle with because you know I, I wished I you know as I touched it as I found it I would have gone straight to the GP, um, but like Meline says, it you know it is what it is. And at the time, something made me say say something. I think it was that that prominent, that something made me say something to the GP when I did. And I'm, and I'm glad I did.
0: Marina Rinaldi is a fashion brand that has always been proud to support women. For 40 years, we have been spreading a body positivity message, encouraging women to embrace their ever-changing shapes, to love their curves and themselves. Every woman deserves to feel elegant and in style. And wherever you are on your breast cancer journey, Marina Rinaldi wants to send you the confidence to continue to believe in your beautiful.
1: Okay, let's bring in Bernie Phelan, who is a clinical nurse specialist at Wellington Hospital in London. She's also a Future Dreams winner of Excellence in Nursing Award. Hi, Bernie. One of the reasons I wanted to talk about the first signs of breast cancer is because of a conversation I had in the I'm a Celebrity Castle in Wales with former EastEnders actor Jessica Plummer. I've never had that
0: conversation before in my life with anyone. It's an honour to feel like she could be that open with me.
1: Whereabouts on your breast it was, was it? all over. It was disparate. It wasn't a lump. It was like, how would I describe it? If you had loads of string, yeah. all messed up, oh. it was like that. Right. It was sort of long bits, and it was all over all the over. place. It wasn't a solid lump, mm. which is why you need all that chemo, and then mm. targeted radiotherapy. And that's why you didn't feel it oh, before yeah. you saw it in exactly. the physical, Yeah, the Exactly, because there's not a lump. No. But it's so important, because... Most women think you're looking for a lump. Actually, you're not. You're just looking for your b- oh, exactly your, yeah. your breasts looking different to how they normally look. Right. Do you know what I mean? It's but insane. if you get it early, it's totally doable. Now, they showed the conversation that we had on the programme and so many women got in touch with me to say how helpful they'd found our chat and how it could potentially save some lives. And Jess, I'm very happy to say, is with us right now. Hi, Jess. Hello, thank you for having me. Oh, thank you for being with us. Now, Jess, do you remember our conversation in that bathroom? I do. Uh,
0: It feels like yesterday, doesn't it? But then 100 million years ago at the same time. It's
1: weird. Absolutely. (laughs) And I think you'd never met anyone before, I remember you telling me, who'd actually had breast cancer. And you asked me some brilliant and simple questions. What were some of the things that you wanted to know?
0: I... I remember you being really open and honest with me. And while you were telling me your story, there were things that for me stood out because I felt like, oh, uh, one of my boobs is lower than the other. Like, what does that mean? And I've never really paid attention to something like that. And then I'm just quite an inquisitive person and it had a snowball effect. But I feel like I learned so many things that, I should have already known the answer to really. Mm.
1: Bernie, what do you think of Jess saying that? I um, Jess, you're twen- still 28, is that right? Still 28, just about. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, Bernie, you you must come across young women who don't in their 20s don't think breast cancer is particularly relevant to them. That's how, certainly how I felt, and some of the questions that Jess was asking were straightforward and simple what are some of the things we should know and I think Victoria, that's very, very true. I see women
4: in the clinic on a daily basis, and you know they're not aware of what signs and symptoms of breast cancer to look out for. And I think the, you know, the most recognised symptom is a lump. And if a lady finds a lump, she probably would go to the GP. But there's so many other symptoms that patients are actually not aware of. And you know, a part of a big part of my role is educating women around breast cancer awareness. Okay, Je- when they- Jess. Sorry,
1: Jess. Were you were you one of those people? Who- who thought the, the only symptom to look for is a lump.
0: Absolutely. Even today, listening to um, Merlene speak about the fact that there was blood coming out of her, that's new to me today. I, mm. d- I didn't know that that was a symptom either. And now it's making me feel like, oh, has there been a time? Like, it's, it's yeah, it's, it's insane that I, I don't have the answer to these questions already. Like, why are, why, why? Why isn't there, I don't know, why aren't we being taught it? I feel like we should be taught it in school.
1: That's a really fair point. And also, you raise something that Bernie, I want you to address, if you would. It can be quite alarming, you know, to hear, oh my gosh, you can have blood coming from your nipples or a big fatty eight centimetre lump above your breast or in my case, an inverted nipple and the right side dropping a couple of inches below the the left. In most cases, Bernie, I think I'm right in saying, When you find something that looks different or unusual, in most cases, it will turn out to be nothing. Is that right?
4: That's absolutely correct, Victoria. Nine out of 10 women who turn up in our symptomatic clinic will have a benign result. It'll be non-cancerous. But the most important message really is for women to be breast aware. And if you do find something that's unusual or different for you, always seek medical advice. It's always best to turn up in a clinic get the symptom checked out and be reassured and discharged. And lots of our ladies do turn around and say, oh gosh, you know, I'm really, really sorry for wasting your time. You never waste time because it's so important if we do detect something, we pick it up early and you come forward. And I know there's a fear around finding something, but I can't stress the importance of, you know, if you do find something, just come and see us. It's
1: really important. Jess, do you check yourself after our conversation?
0: I- have realised that having one boob lower than the other is normal, mm. um, and so would potentially be if I, you know, had gone into the clinic. One of the women that Bernie was just speaking about, um, but yeah, I do, which is why when Meline um, was speaking about the the discharge from the nipple, I um, used to have my nipples pierced as a kid. Just got excited and did it, Um, and then after I finished breastfeeding, there's 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 always been like uh, I I just always thought it was old milk that um, is in the area where it used to be pierced. It's not pierced anymore, Mm. Um, but I just thought oh it's because I breastfed. It's because I had it pierced. Um, I'm sure it's nothing to worry about. But now I feel like oh do you know what I think having peace of mind like if that means you know, making a phone call and going to the GP or to a centre or something, is it's worth it, isn't it? It's just, yeah. Uh,
1: I wonder if you heard, Jess, Merlene saying she, she left for maybe six months, the, the, the fact that she had found blood in her bra, and Amanda saying maybe yeah. six months to a year she left that that lump yeah. above her breast before just, you know, casually mentioning it to a doctor. Um, I... I I suppose the message from both of you is we we can't leave that stuff, um, can we? Yeah, Bernie, you're nodding in agreement.
4: Absolutely. I mean, I think the most important thing, if you notice a, a symptom, go and get it checked out. Um, I mean, well, would you say that to Jess now about what she's uh, just said about? Yeah, she thinks it's I all would. the milk. I would still get it checked out, Jess, for your peace of mind. And I think once you go through that clinic and you see the consultant and they reassure you, you know, that it's nothing to worry about, then you'll have that peace of mind. But also in the clinic, you know, you see a breast care nurse, they'll go through breast awareness with you, give you a leaflet, educate you how to check yourself. And I think that's about raising the profile of breast awareness. And it's really good. And a lot of our ladies say to me, you know, when they're in the clinic, they say, gosh, I didn't really know this was a symptom. I didn't know how to check my breast. I didn't realise my breast tissue goes up to underneath my collarbone or into my armpit. So I think from a, you know, a reassurance perspective, I think it's really important you do get it checked out. But also from an educational perspective, you get that breast awareness, you know, information and leaflet as well.
1: Bernie, can you just go through, I mean, maybe we can't do all of the potential signs, but give us a a concise but comprehensive list of the kind of things that we should be looking out for. And then let's talk about how you actually check yourself because most of us don't know. Okay, so we, we ask ask ladies to watch out for any
4: change or shape in the size of the breast. Now I think the majority of us will have one breast slightly larger than the other. That's that's probably normal. But if there was a you know a quite a significant discrepancy, then that's something you need to look at. If there's any rash or eczema around the nipple areola complex, the brown part of the breast. Ex, again, do you mean that, eczema? Eczema, yeah. yeah. So that can indicate a type of cancer called Paget's disease. If you notice the nipple is kind of changing. Changed in shape either pulled in or pulled to the side again that's that can be an indication that there's a lump growing underneath and pulling you in um, if there's any um, nipple discharge be it blood stains or clear fluid any type of discharge really I think it's really important to actually get it checked out. Obviously, if you feel any lump in the breast, that's something you need to check out. Again, if you notice, you know, this thickening in the breast, and I think sometimes it's difficult for a lady to say, oh, gosh, is this something new or different? But if if you've got some thickening in the breast and it's different or it's new for you, again, I really would encourage a lady just to get that checked out Um, Again, you know, our breast tissue goes into the lower armpit. If you find any lumps in the armpit, obviously, when you're examining yourself, go up and I'll come to this later on. So there are the kind of classic things that, you know, you need to look out for. And if you've got constant pain, that's something I would get checked out. And I know we have, you know, signs and symptoms before our periods and our breasts get tender and swollen and the texture does change but if you've got persistent pain that doesn't settle after a period again
1: that's important to get it checked out okay so how do we check ourselves and how often should should we be doing it a good way of starting off is just by looking
4: in the mirror. That'll give you a huge amount of information. So before you get into the bath or in the shower or putting moisturiser on your skin, there's no there's no Bible for this. You need to do what's comfortable for you. You need to kind of, you know, be comfortable with, it, with how you do it. So start by just looking in the mirror, inspect your breasts full on, turn to the side. And again, you're looking for any change or shape in the size of the breast. You know, lift your arms right up above your head some of us as we get older our breasts go south so we need to be looking obviously underneath the breast tissue as well and so inspection is really really important check obviously the nipples again that they're you know um uh, not inverted. Some some ladies always have had inverted nipples. Now that's normal. Some people have inverted nipples. But if your nipple was out and it became inverted, then you'd need to get it checked out. If you notice there's any discharge from the nipple, you would see that. Or when you take your bra off, if the inside of your bra cup was wet, or you noticed, as Merlin um, previously stated, she had some blood blood discharge. So these are all things you see just by looking. So that's a good way to start so and then the second part of it is about feeling your breast now again you know feeling our breast use the flat of your fingers and use the opposite hand for the opposite breast in the shower nice soapy hands and remember to examine the entire breast tissue so it's all of the breast up underneath our collarbone our clavicle Collarbone and the breast tissue goes into the lower armpit. We do have breast tissue in the armpit. And again, the flat part of the finger there, that's the part of the finger that's most sensitive. So you can go around in circular motions the whole way around the breast, coming right into the center. You must feel behind the nipple as well, because obviously, if there's a lump behind the nipple, you would be able to feel that. And then Go into the armpit and feel for any lumps in the armpit. And and the pressure doesn't need to be really, really very firm. You know, you'll just, you know, gentle pressure is enough. And then obviously feel up underneath the collarbone as well. And I can't stress if you're unsure about something, just get it, get it checked out yeah. and if you feel something is not right just insist on a, a you know an appointment seeing a breast consultant if if you look at the gp practices i mean the majority of gp might see probably three or four breast cancer patients a year so that's not a huge amount so if you feel there is something in your breast that's not right for you. Follow that gut instinct and ask for a referral into the breast clinic. That's really, really important. And if you're still unhappy, get a second opinion because yeah. you know patients don't realise you can get a second opinion on the NHS as well. And sometimes you and have just, to
1: be persistent and quite determined. You're
4: absolutely, Victoria. You're absolutely. Right. You,
1: we know our bodies, don't we? Uh, yeah, better than anybody. Uh, I want to come back to Merlin, if I may. Um, Merlin, you talked about. Um, the carcinoma that you'd found, and you had an operation to remove the kind of blocked ducts. Ducts, not ducts, ducts. So then the results came back, and you had that showed that you had high-grade precancerous cells. So you had a mastectomy on your right breast. Again, for those who don't know what a mastectomy is, it means basically the breast is removed. And you had reconstruction and you had something called an expander fitted. Um and we talk about reconstruction in quite quite a sort of matter-of-fact way in a blase way sometimes what do you actually what do you mean by reconstruction and what is an expander
2: because the skin had been removed and the nipple um the skin had to be stretched back um before a um permanent implant could be inserted so the expander as i understand it is like it was it's like a deflated balloon mm-hmm. that's inserted into the cavity and every six weeks or so, I would have saline injected into the, the expander to slowly stretch the skin. So the shape can change, so it can go yeah. a little bit bigger in
1: order to stretch the yeah. skin. I, I mean, it, it probably, for someone like Jess, that probably sounds quite, um, I don't know, horrific or scary. But Merlin, it's it's a sort of fairly straightforward operation when you've had a mastectomy. Is that fair? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. But I think sometime later, you, you found a lump in that right side. Yeah. How long after reconstruction surgery was that? About six years later. And I think a, a, a medic did say to you, oh, no, it's not a lump, it's just part of the expander.
2: That's right, because... Um, my 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 at, my outpatient appointments had, had, um I was being seen once a year um everything was going okay um and and know as, as you said I'd noticed a lump in the reconstructed breast more or less in the same place um mentioned it during my outpatient appointment, and the registrar said to me that it's part of the the implant.
1: But this is where, where 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 Bernie said, you know, we know our bodies the most. Absolutely, you Absolutely. you you didn't take that, did you? You thought, no, that's not right.
2: It's not part of the expander. It, it, well, I wasn't, to be honest with you, um, I, I wasn't convinced at all. Mm. And yet, that's what he insisted. Um, and it was a year later um, when I when I had my, another um, follow up appointment. And in clinic that day was the plastic surgeon that had performed the operation to insert the expander. And he asked me how long, um, or had I noticed this lump? And he said to me, it is not part of um, the the implant. Mm. Um, And straight away he sent me to to be checked over. As a result of that, um, I found that the the cancer had actually come back and um, which, which I was a bit confused about because all of the tissue had been taken away, everything had been taken away. So what was the, the cancer, you know, um, attached to? Um, that was number one. Number two, it's come back in the same place. So I was a bit confused about what was now going on. Um, and yes, I was told it had come back. Um, it was more aggressive and further tests um, I found that it spread to my lungs. So um, that's when um, it it reached stage four. Um, but previous to that, I hadn't had radiotherapy or chemotherapy um, during 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 the you know um my the mastectomy. Um they said everything was taken away, so there was therefore, you know, um, I didn't need that. But looking back, um, I did ask um, several people within the profession for their opinion, should I have had follow-up follow treatment um, such as chemo or radiotherapy, and they said yes. But again, you know... Um, How do you deal with that? You can either beat yourself up about it or focus on the the now, yeah. you know, dealing with what you've actually got in front of you. Um, and, and and that's where my my mindset had to be, you know, focusing on the here and now. Yes, it had spread. Yes, it was aggressive. Um, it was it was the rug had been you know um, ripped from right underneath me. Didn't know I didn't know how to to deal with it. Um,
0: sorry, just listening to that, I feel really angry. Um, um,
2: sorry. The more I think about it, the more I'm angry because it should never have got to the stage that it maybe it would have got to that stage but not this way as far as I'm concerned that was avoidable because I had brought it to their attention a whole year before it was confirmed that it it's you know that it had spread um but yes I still have to remain positive positive. And get myself Yeah. So I'm so sorry in.
0: for asking such a no. conversation. I'm so it's, um so it's all all part of,
2: No, it's all it's all part of my journey. It's all part it's part of life. You know, I'm I'm sure I'm not the first and I probably won't be the last. But if we don't put it out there, then you know people are not gonna know. That's exactly
1: right. And you talking so yeah. frankly, Merlene, helps everybody who listens to you. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you. Jess, I wanted to ask about your little girl who, Noah, who yes. you talked about so much in the castle. And we all felt we got <laughs> to know her. And she is very young. She's only, is she still four? Yes,
0: yeah, she's, yes, yeah, she would be five in July.
1: Okay. Can you imagine having conversations about how to check herself when she's a bit older?
0: Absolutely, because I would rather be having that conversation than uh, one, that yeah is is the opposite of that conversation Mm. absolutely absolutely a hundred percent I think I I think after our conversation I'm going to go and have the conversation with her (laughs) yeah
1: she four might be a bit young though yet Jess to be honest (laughs)
0: Honestly, she, uh, I'm on my period right now. She's like, mummy, what's that string? And I, I just, you know, it's just like, we're going to have it at some point. Why not? It's like, yeah, oh, yeah. mummy's on her. I like, you on your bleed, mummy. Oh. <laughs> oh, bless her. But yeah, no,
1: absolutely will. Oh, yeah. bless her. Amanda, you, I think I'm right in saying you were with a new partner when you were diagnosed. What did you say to him?
3: Um, well, I, we'd only been going out, I think about a year. And, um, I remember I had to deal with this big shock and I also had to tell everyone around me as well. And I spoke to him and I said, being diagnosed with breast cancer, I said to him, I don't know where this is going. And if you want to walk away, I totally understand. Um, we'd both, you know, been through divorce it, you know I, I just didn't think it was fair to put this on him and I also had my two boys um who were 11 at the time and um he straight away said to me I I'm going to support you through this and when you're better I'm gonna marry you oh. and he stuck true to his word oh. and a few yeah. years ago we got married this August will be three years ago wow. and we got married actually five years, practically to the day of my diagnosis. So um, he mentioned it in his speech. And there were lots of happy tears that day because I was five years on. I, I am well. My story is a positive one um, to date. And um, But, you know, it, it needs to be said. It does need to be shared. And especially as I really didn't know that, you know, what my love was a symptom of breast cancer that you could get a, a breast cancer above your breast now i know that i i know you know when i check myself i check up to my collarbone and under my armpits and when i speak to friends and family and tell them about that they're mostly shocked you know mm. people don't know to to do that and but i make sure i do share share my story yeah. so others can learn from it absolutely
1: and i can see um Jess has got a big smile on her face, but I think she was smiling with joy at your story, Amanda. Is <laughs> yes. that fair, Jess?
0: Yeah. Yes, absolutely. I, I just think, I mean, all of you guys are so incredible. It's just, yeah, I think you're all heroes.
1: Oh, thank you, Jess. Thank you.
0: Um, thank
1: you. I just want to say as well, Amanda, Your what's your partner, your now husband called?
3: David. Okay. and. What I'd say was at the time, I didn't actually know what journey I was going on. And he never faltered. He attended every single appointment. Um, I had um, a mastectomy, which, you know, was, uh, you know, it was uh, difficult for me. He totally accepted it. Never faltered, you know, just supported everything that I went through. Um, I had reconstruction. I also had six months of chemotherapy treatment, radiotherapy. He took me to every appointment. And he was by my side throughout, through all the ups and downs, you know, through the difficult moments. He held my hand through it all. And I'd say every, you know, I said I'm needle phobic. Every time I had to have a, an injection, uh, you know, it's which was constant o- over that year with the treatment, he held my hand through every single one. I'd say he, w- he was my rock and he really, really helped me on my journey, definitely, you know, to, to get through and to to deal oh, with he it. He
1: sounds amazing. Yeah. yeah. Definitely a keeper. Amazing. Yeah, yeah. Um, just, just something that's slightly si- similar before we wrap this up. Um, my partner of, gosh, can't uh, maybe 16 years, I can't remember what it was, said, look, if we get through this when I was diagnosed, should we get married? And so I said, yeah, yeah. Not, not really knowing, you know, what was going to happen. And mm. uh, how long was it? So yeah, three years after I was diagnosed, Mark and I got married and our boys walked me down the aisle and yeah, he was there at every appointment, Mm -hmm. making notes and trying to make me laugh at the most inopportune moments, et cetera, et cetera. So he's a keeper as well. Uh, Ladies, thank you very, very, very much. I really appreciate you being with us and for giving up so much of your time. Um, Bernie, thank you. It's a pleasure, Victoria. Jess. So nice to see you. Thank you so much.
2: Thank you for having me. No, thank you. Thank not you, at thank all. You, not at all.
1: Merlene, thank you so much for being so open.
2: That's okay. Thank you for inviting me. It's been a pleasure.
1: Amanda, thank you too for being so frank. Pleasure. And your stories will help so many people. Thank you, ladies. If you want more information about breast cancer, please do go to the Future Dreams website. You can contact me too at any time. I'm at Vic Derbyshire on Twitter and Instagram. I'd love to hear your feedback, your stories, your experiences. Or you can email me. Here's the address podcast at futuredreams.org.uk. And then came Breast Cancer is a factory originals and six foot six production.
2: Future Dreams Breast Cancer Charity hopes you found this podcast helpful. We fund awareness, support and research. If you would like to help us do more, please text WeCare to 7500 to make a £5 donation or visit our website at futuredreams.org.uk forward slash donate. Future Dreams Breast Cancer Charity will receive 100% of your donation. Text costs your donation plus one standard rate text message, UK only always get the bill payer's permission. We would like to contact you on your mobile phone with news and updates. If you would rather opt out, then please add no info to the end of your message. For example, we care, no info. Thank you again for listening.